Good morning. Today is Tuesday, the 9th of April, 2019. This is the Daily Office Morning Prayer using the Episcopal Book of Common Prayer and also the supplemental liturgical materials of Enriching Our Worship Volume 2. I am your host, Jaka, and the usual disclaimer is that I am just a regular person, not a priest or a theologian or anyone with any degree or experience in being an expert in religion and prayer. And as I usually say and believe wholeheartedly, that's the beauty of the daily office, that we join our voices with the chorus of heaven, with the never-ending prayers that have been said, are being said, and will be said in this beautiful liturgy, and that we are all of God's people. Our readings for today are Psalm 121, 122, and 123. You have an option to read 120 as well if you would like, um, but I am not going to. Jeremiah 25, 8 through 17, Romans 10, 1 through 13, and the Gospel of John 9, 18 through 41. And today is a day of special devotion. Um, it being Lent, of course, but also, um, you know, every day we remember a saint who has passed, and today we remember Dietrich Bonhoeffer, and if I get the time, I will talk a bit about him or perhaps read his entry um, from Holy Men, Holy Women, the book of the Episcopal Remembered um, I think it's safe to say saints. Uh, I know that that means different things to different people, but uh, people who we can see have, have dedicated their lives to following God, um, either by a significant action or over the course of their lives, I guess would be kind of the way to say that. Um, but not to dwell too long there, We'll go ahead and get started in the BCP on page 76. Rend your hearts and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and repents of evil. Dearly beloved, we have come together in the presence of Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, to set forth his praise, to hear his holy word, and to ask for ourselves and on behalf of others those things that are necessary for our life and our salvation. And so that we may prepare ourselves in heart and mind to worship him, let us kneel in silence and with penitent and obedient hearts confess our sins, that we may obtain forgiveness by his infinite goodness and mercy. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. 
For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us, that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways, to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on us. Forgive us all our sins through our Lord Jesus Christ. Strengthen us in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep us in eternal life. Amen. Lord, open our lips, and our mouth shall proclaim your praise. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Today, if you would hear God's voice, harden not your hearts. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before God's presence with thanksgiving and raise to the Lord a shout with psalms. For you are a great God. You are great above all gods. In your hand are the caverns of the earth and the heights of the hills are yours also. The sea is yours, for you made it, and your hands have molded the dry land. Come, let us bow down and bend the knee, and kneel before the Lord our Maker. For you are our God, and we are the people of your pasture and the sheep of your hand. Oh, that today we would hearken to your voice. Let us listen today to God's voice. Harden not your hearts, as your forebears did in the wilderness at Meribah and on that day at Massah, when they tempted me. They put me to the test, though they had seen my works. Forty years long I detested that generation, and said, These people are wayward in their hearts. They do not know my ways. So I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter into my rest. Today, if you would hear God's voice, harden not your hearts. Psalms 121, 122, and 123. I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where will my help come? My help comes from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. He who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time on and forevermore. I was glad when they said to me, Let us go to the house of the Lord. Our feet are standing within your gates, O Jerusalem. Jerusalem, built as a city that is bound firmly together. To it the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, as it was decreed for Israel, to give thanks to the name of the Lord. For there the thrones for judgment were set up, the thrones of the house of David. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. 
May they prosper who love you. Peace be within your walls, and security within your towers. For the sake of my relatives and friends, I will say, Peace be within you. For the sake of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek your good. To you I lift up my eyes, O you who are enthroned in the heavens. As the eyes of servants look to the hand of their master, as the eyes of a maid to the hand of her mistress, so our eyes look to the Lord our God, until he has mercy upon us. Have mercy upon us, O Lord, have mercy upon us, for we have had more than enough of contempt. Our soul has had more than its fill of the scorn of those who are at ease, of the contempt of the proud. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Jeremiah 25, 8-17 Therefore thus says the Lord of hosts, Because you have not obeyed my words, I am going to send for all the tribes of the north, says the Lord, even for King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon, my servant. And I will bring them against this land and its inhabitants, and against all these nations around. I will utterly destroy them, and make them an object of horror and of hissing, and an everlasting disgrace. And I will banish from them the sound of mirth and the sound of gladness, the voice of the bridegroom and the voice of the bride, the sound of the millstones and the light of the lamp. This whole land shall become a ruin and a waste, and these nations shall serve the king of Babylon seventy years. Then after seventy years are completed, I will punish the king of Babylon and that nation, the land of the Chaldeans, for their iniquity, says the Lord, making the land an everlasting waste. I will bring upon that land all the words that I have uttered against it, everything written in this book, which Jeremiah prophesied against all the nations. For many nations and great kings shall make slaves of them also, and I will repay them according to their deeds and the work of their hands. For thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, for thus the Lord, the God of Israel, said to me, Take from my hand this cup of the wine of wrath, and make all the nations to whom I send you drink it. They shall drink and stagger and go out of their minds because of the sword that I am sending among them. So I took the cup from the Lord's hand and made all the nations to whom the Lord sent me drink it. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Canticle B found in Enriching Our Worship, Volume 1, forgive me earlier, I said Volume 2, on page 30. Before I ventured forth, even while I was very young, I sought wisdom openly in my prayer. In the forecourts of the temple I asked for her, and I will seek her to the end. From first blossom to early fruit, she has been the delight of my heart. My foot has kept firmly to the true path, Diligently from my youth have I pursued her. I inclined my ear a little and received her. I found for myself much wisdom and became adept in her. To the one who gives me wisdom will I give glory, for I have resolved to live according to her way. From the beginning I gained courage from her. Therefore I will not be forsaken. In my inmost being I have been stirred to seek her. Therefore have I gained a good possession. As my reward, the Almighty has given me the gift of language, 
and with it will I offer praise to God. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Romans 10, 1-13 Brothers and sisters, my heart's desire and prayer to God for them is that they may be saved. I can testify that they have a zeal for God, but it is not enlightened. For being ignorant of the righteousness that comes from God, and seeking to establish their own, they have not submitted to God's righteousness. For Christ is the end of the law, so that there may be righteousness for everyone who believes. Moses writes concerning the righteousness that comes from the law, the person who does these things will live by them. But the righteousness that comes from faith says, do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven, that is, to bring Christ down, or who will descend into the abyss, that is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you, on your lips and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we proclaim. Because if you confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For one believes with the heart and so is justified, and one confesses with the mouth and so is saved. The scripture says, No one who believes in him will be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. The same Lord is Lord of all, and is generous to all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Canticle M, found on page 37 of Enriching Our Worship, Volume 1. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. By divine mercy we have a new birth into a living hope. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, we have an inheritance that is imperishable in heaven. The ransom that was paid to free us was not paid in silver or gold, but in the precious blood of Christ, the Lamb without spot or stain. God raised Jesus from the dead and gave him glory so that we might have faith and hope in God. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to John. Glory to you, Lord Christ. John chapter 9, verses 18 through 41. The Jews did not believe that he had been blind and had received his sight, until they called the parents of the man who had received his sight and said and asked them, Is this your son, who you say was born blind? How then does he now see? His parents answered, We know that this is our son, and that he was born blind, but we do not know how it is that now he sees, nor do we know who opened his eyes. Ask him, he is of age, he will speak for himself. His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jews.
For the Jews had already agreed that anyone who confessed Jesus to be the Messiah would be put out of the synagogue. Therefore his parents said, He is of age, ask him. So for the second time they called the man who had been blind, and they said to him, Give glory to God, we know that this man is a sinner. He answered, I do not know whether he is a sinner. One thing I do know, that though I was blind, now I see. They said to him, What did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered them, I have told you already, and you would not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become his disciples? Then they reviled him, saying, You are his disciple, but we are disciples of Moses. We know that God has spoken to Moses. But as for this man, we do not know where he comes from. The man answered, Here is an astonishing thing. You do not know where he comes from, and yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners, but he does listen to one who worships him and obeys his will. The Gospel of the Lord. Oh, I'm sorry, that was 31, I need to go to 41. Never since the world began has it been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a person born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. They answered him, You were born entirely in sins, and are you trying to teach us? And they drove him out. Jesus heard that they had driven him out, and when he found them, he said, when he found him, he said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? He answered, And who is he, sir? Tell me so that I may believe in him. Jesus said to him, You have seen him, and the one speaking with you is he. He said, Lord, I believe, and he worshipped him. Jesus said, I came into the world for judgment, so that those who do not see may see, and those who do see may become blind. Some of the Pharisees near him heard this and said to him, Surely we are not blind, are we? Jesus said to them, If you were blind, you would not have sin. But now that you say we see, your sin remains. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Let us say together the Apostles' Creed, found on page 96 of the Book of Common Prayer. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you, and also with you. Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial, and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen.
We'll use suffragist set B on page 98. Save your people, Lord, and bless your inheritance. Govern and uphold them, now and always. Day by day we bless you. We praise your name forever. Lord, keep us from all sin today. Have mercy on us, Lord, have mercy. Lord, show us your love and mercy, for we put our trust in you. In you, Lord, is our hope, and we shall never hope in vain. Almighty God, you alone can bring into order the unruly wills and affections of sinners. Grant your people grace to love what you command and desire what you promise, that among the swift and varied changes of the world, our hearts may surely there be fixed where true joys are to be found. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. O God, the King Eternal, whose light divides the day from the night and turns the shadow of death into the morning, drive far from us all wrong desires, incline our hearts to keep your law, and guide our feet into the way of peace, that having done your will with cheerfulness during the day, we may, when night comes, rejoice to give you thanks. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Heavenly Father, in you we live and move and have our being. We humbly pray you so to guide and govern us by your Holy Spirit, that in all the cares and occupations of our life we may not forget you, but may remember that we are ever walking in your sight. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, you have made of one blood all the peoples of the earth and sent your blessed Son to preach peace to those who are far off and to those who are near. Grant that people everywhere may seek after you and find you. Bring the nations into your fold. Pour out your Spirit upon all flesh and hasten the coming of your kingdom. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. So I do have a few quick thoughts about the readings today, and then I encourage you to spend some time in personal prayer. One of the things that um, stood out to me, and partly because it connected with a conversation that I had yesterday with a friend of mine, um, isn't it lovely the way the Holy Spirit does that, connects things for us? In our psalms, which are psalms of a sense, Psalms, yeah, songs of ascents where um, the people would be ascending to the temple and be saying this psalm as they walked up the steps, so to speak. So I think that's lovely to begin with. But all of our psalms today speak about lifting our eyes to God. And so I think this is a great reminder that where we fix our gaze, that's where we're going to go. And I've used the metaphor before that when we ride a bike or drive a motorcycle or a car or whatever, whatever we fix our eyes on, we're going to go to. So if we're staring at the tree on the side of the road, we're going to go towards the tree. If we keep our eyes on the road, we're going to 
be traveling on the path set in front of us. And so I think that this is a great reminder to keep our eyes fixed on God. And then we are continuing to travel towards God with the goal being to be so close with God that there's no space between, right? Then um, our Old Testament passage, this is interesting. I'm going to go ahead and warn you. Some of you might find it sacrilegious, (laughs) but I think there's something here. My commentary puts it this way. Recent scholars suggest that the language of sin and judgment serves as a survival mechanism to make the trauma of war manageable. It assures survivors that their suffering is not arbitrary, that God is not capricious, and that they can alter their future. So in Jeremiah, the prophet is talking about war and destruction as being retribution from God's hand because, as the commentary says, it helps us make sense of it. It means that we can change it, that it's not just something that's happening to us. And I can understand that. I think we can all empathize with that. We want a reason for the pain and suffering. My personal belief is that those things in this world that wound us come from our humanity, from our free will, and that although they are terrible and devastating at times, when we enter into cooperation with God for them to be trans for these experiences to be transformed so that even as terrible as they are there is greater good that is wrought from them even the most awful experience can become a lesson that has within it blessings that's my personal belief And I'm going to kind of leave it there because I know that's a lot in a short paragraph. And also, I really want to um, be able to finish talking and publish this. I have started at least half a dozen of these podcasts over the last couple weeks and been interrupted either by my own schedule, which you all know I'm struggling with and I appreciate your prayers for, or other events and ended up not completing and publishing them. So I'm determined to get through this one. (laughs) All right. So our New Testament reading is from Romans. And I think there are a few really important things here. One is that our prayer for our brothers and sisters in all of humanity is our brothers or our siblings, right? Is the prayer that they may be saved. And I, I don't want to try to tell you what saved should mean. I highly recommend, if I might, (laughs) that you spend some time thinking about what that means to you and conversation with God about what God's definition is. I think that being saved is one of those things that we've tended to distort in our religious culture. And then I think it's important to note that Moses talks about the person who does the law, lives by the law. And Christ is the word. And as it says in verse 8, the word is on our lips and in our heart. It's on our lips because we confess it. We speak it. Words have power. We know this. And it's in our heart because we believe in our heart, in Jesus, and in his power, in the Holy Trinity. And then this is super important for us who really need to, especially at this time, be all-inclusive 
Verse 12, there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. The same Lord is Lord of all and is generous to all who call on him. Let's remember that God is there for all of us. I know how tempting it is to be like Jonah was with Nineveh. Like, God, you said you were going to smite him. I put myself at risk to deliver that message. Are you serious that you're now not going to go ahead and smite him? And there are times when we feel like that. Never when it's us, right? We don't want for God to smite us, but for God to smite others. Oh, yeah. But when we repent, when we return to God, things can change. Like, God transcends all time. And he knows before we know. But free will is a powerful thing that he has given us, that he has granted to us. And he, can't, he is not going to force us to come to him. That is a choice that we must make. Moving on to our gospel reading. Um, in verse 22, the reason that his parents said, go to him and let him say the powerful and dangerous words is because they were afraid. How many decisions do we make from fear? I would say that fear and wounding are the roots of all the evil acts that we do. When we come from a place of fear and scarcity and wounding, we are not going to have good fruits. The result of our actions is not going to be blessed and beautiful. When we come from a place of love and generosity and abundance and faith, then our, our words and our actions will have good results. I know this is a simple theory, but I also know it's very, very hard to put in practice. We very much live in a society of fear, and a lot of people believe that fear is a good motivator. Fear is very efficient at motivating one to action. But is it the right action? Is that the place we want to be coming from? I don't believe so. And so I'm asking God to do a work in me and to root out fear and replace it with peace and confidence. And it is a struggle, definitely every day, if not every minute of every day. I think I've said before that we're kind of brought up in our culture to come from this place where the more we care about something, the more we worry about it, the more fear and anxiety we have about it. And I'm just inviting God in. I, I want to open myself to full collaboration in choosing a different way. Amen. And then I think too... At the end of this reading, verses 40 and on, where it talks about, speaking of the Pharisees, if you were blind, you would not have sin, but now that you say, we see, your sin remains. So this is like when we recognize and acknowledge and still turn away, this willful choosing of the sinful way is different than the ignorant choosing of the sinful way. One of the ways I've heard this applied, and I think it's true to an extent, is that People who have never been introduced to Jesus cannot be held accountable for knowing him. But the piece that I want to invite some thought and questioning in for that is that I think that we know Jesus even when we don't call him by that name. That the Holy Trinity is evident in other places than 
our scriptures that because God is the word, he is also more than the words on the page. Yes, God is present in our Bible, but God is also present in nature. God is present in kindness. There is a truth that transcends the ability to read or have access to our particular Christian culture. So I'm going to kind of leave you with all of those thoughts because I'm determined to get this published. <laughs> and I thank you so much for blessing me with your prayers um, and blessing my community with prayers. I pray that all of those who are suffering and wounded and coming from a place of woundedness or fear or sickness receive God's blessing and healing, that God's will and God's will alone be done in our lives and that we change the place we're coming from, that we be rooted in love and peace and the Holy Trinity, and that we know God's voice above all others, and we have courage and faith to step out in love. Amen. Let's close with the general thanksgiving found on page 101 of the Book of Common Prayer. Almighty God, Father of all mercies, we, your unworthy servants, give you humble thanks for all your goodness and loving kindness to us and to all whom you have made. We bless you for your creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life, but above all for your immeasurable love and the redemption of the world by our Lord Jesus Christ, for the means of grace and for the hope of glory. And we pray, give us such an awareness of your mercies that with truly thankful hearts we may show forth your praise, not only with our lips but in our lives, by giving up ourselves to your service and by walking before you in holiness and righteousness all our days, through Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be honor and glory throughout all ages. Amen. Almighty God, you have given us grace at this time with one accord to make our common supplication to you. And you have promised through your well-beloved Son that when two or three are gathered together in his name, you will be in the midst of them. Fulfill now, O Lord, our desires and petitions as may be best for us, granting us in this world knowledge of your truth and in the age to come life everlasting. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen. We live without fear for our Creator has made us holy, has always protected us, and loves us as a good mother loves her children. We go now in peace to follow the good road, and may God's blessing be with us always. Amen. <laughs>